Uh, this is Jens Bono with the Door-to-Door Con uh, 6 convention going on right now uh, at the, with the Expand podcast. I'm here with Tanner Williams, co-founder and VP of sales at Aptive Solar Legend. Straight legend we have. It's pretty dang awesome. Uh, I guess, kick us off. Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your journey to get where you are now. And uh, let's start there. Yeah. Um, I'm from Colorado, came to Utah in 2013 from some school, met some guys that were doing sales, um, thought, well, that's cool. I'm never going to do that, but that's yeah. cool. <laughs> Went on a mission that I came back and my buddies were doing sales and doing really well. And, uh, I had an op, I had the option to work at a sod farm or go sell some bug spring Chicago. And my dad was, uh, he had been in sales his whole life. I was like, yeah. dude, you should at least try sales. Um, and I was like, that sounds better than a sod farm, so I'll, I'll try it. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. did that for, I, was, I only sold for like four weeks out in Chicago and, you know, that's turned into a career in wow. power sales. So wow. I loved, uh, I was a washed up athlete. <laughs> I, nice. I dove at BYU, I had wrestled at BYU, but um, I was kind of done with sports and just turned sales into my new sport and became cool. obsessed with it. So That's awesome. Yeah, you mentioned that. That's that's the reason why you love love sales, right? Is a, is a sports aspect. So you just recently gave a workshop here at Dorota Con. Yeah. Um, give us a little bit of a, a tidbit, a little bit of highlight of, you know, what that was like for you, one and two, you know, what you graced the audience with. Yeah, it was surreal. Honestly, I think the, like I said, I've, I've seen people win golden doors. I've seen door to door con never in a million years. Did I think one day I'd be on the stage getting a golden door or so cool. speaking at door to door con for sure. Right. Yeah. So, when the opportunity was presented to me to do that, I for sure took advantage of yeah, it. Yeah, it was really cool. Let's pause right there. Let's talk about this. So, door to door, your uh, golden door. Yeah. Okay. So, solar, it's 130 accounts yep. installed within yep. the year. Generally, that takes people, you know, to like November. You know, how many months? Let's let's hear. How many months? Um, I did a few blitzes for sure. I did a couple of week long blitzes. And then four full months of work. Full-time four months only. Yeah. Insane. When I say legendary at the beginning, is, that is legendary. <laughs> I about fell out of my chair when I heard that. Like, that's, that's like nearly pest schedule. Yeah. But doing that in solar and still getting into order. Absolutely phenomenal. So there's no question why you're up there doing a workshop in this, con- <laughs> this conference. Absolutely. So continue. Like, yeah. what, what was it that you, you shared? You know, what was it that you were passionate about and wanted to, wanted to yeah. deliver? No, it was cool because um, being at the beginning of Active Solar was a cool opportunity for me as a leader as well to be able to have explosive growth. And so I had four teams last year in four different states. Mm. Um, and then we did consolidate some of them to Colorado to make it easier for me. But at the time, it was really hard to manage all that mm. while also I had the goal to hit a golden door. Right. And so we really fine-tuned our setter-closer model to make mm. it to where... It just maximized production mm. and maximized time efficiency. Mm. And without that, I, I definitely would not have hit Golden Door, right? Mm. Um, in four months, right? trying to manage four teams, right? So incredible, um, yeah. Yeah, that's what I spoke about. Sam wanted me to talk about how to run a successful and a proper setter closer model. I think a lot of people in the industry want to do that really well. And I saw that as something that a lot of people struggle with. Mm. And, um, you know, we didn't do it perfectly, but we had a lot of success. And so, um, I just ran with it. That's cool. a cool thing, a pain point for people. And if we can add value, then yeah, why not? Well, we're like your one, two or three tips, you know, not to 
go completely on the workshop, but sure. but what one, two, three tips that you gave of, of running that model and what you've seen successful? Yeah, I think having having a lot of clarity with what you want to accomplish as a team helps build a team of role players rather than just like, you know, these are my closers and these are my setters. Everybody right. had a specific role within mm -hmm. the team. And so we had a goal to, we wanted to win our company competitions, be the top team, all those things. Right. And so helping the guys get bought in on, this is my role rather mm -hmm. than I'm a setter versus oh, I could be a closer or mm -hmm. uh, vice versa. And having people try to transition out of setter too soon. Exactly. You know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That makes sense. We respected sense. every single role of, that the people on that team played and they felt an obligation and a duty to like execute that really well, mm. um, which was fun to watch, right? Mm. And um, it was sometimes a little hard to have those conversations with people, but they were all role players at the end of the day. And so it actually ended up being really easy and the team did well because of it. Mm. That was the first one. Um, I think helping people understand how to transition from setter to closer in the right way is also crucial. People do that in a lot of different ways. And I think there's a lot of ways to screw it up. Yeah. Um, and so I tried to yeah. help people understand how we do it because I think we've done a good job at that, like mm. transitioning. And we did it from learning from our mistakes, frankly. Right? Cool. Um, but that transition is hard to make happen in a smooth way. So I try to help there. Um, and then just helping people understand how to actually be efficient with your time, like I mentioned, and efficient with that schedule to produce at a high level was the last thing that we talked yeah. about. So. Awesome. One of the one of the biggest moves, you know, that we've seen from Aptive in a while is is this transition to solar yeah. and b b building that out. And you're on the ground floor of that. You're a co-founder of that, right? Yeah. What has that journey been like? What has that been like to move a, a company, a behemoth like Aptive, <laughs> into yeah. a whole nother industry? Well, luckily, it was not a one man job. I had a lot of help, um, and I was more of a helper in that process. Yeah. We had, you know, guys like Connor Ruggio and those guys really leading from the front to help make it happen. But it was cool for me because I was able to be like involved with the corporate side of that, but mm. also have the rep experience and be able to kind of mesh those two things together. That's valuable. That's so valuable. Super valuable, but also super um, humbling, right? Yeah. So you get to see from a high level, why people do what they do is, as like the leaders of the company. And it brings a different level of perspective to you as a rep that mm -hmm. then I could help portray to my guys. And, um, you know, it's when companies make decisions, it's not just, well, this is only good for the company. It's we're doing this because we want to help everybody succeed together. Hmm. Um, but it was hard too. It was, I greatly underestimated <laughs> how many hours and sure. the work and the stress and everything that it was going to take to run a successful company. And um, like I said, luckily we have a great team to help. Yeah. Uh, super rewarding though. Oh yeah. man, I've loved it. I've grown so much and it's been awesome. That's awesome, man. As you've made that transition, I mean, you talked about, I mean, you got a golden door in that short of time while you're building out essentially a new company. Yeah. You know, you're like grassroots, you're building out a new company. You have the name Aptid behind you, which is, which is awesome. And, and that, you know, like you said, that help and that fallback really lots on your shoulders to do that, to, to produce for yourself, lead from the front, yeah. but yet be developing solid systems, be developing a culture, be, be developing all that that you want to build off of. How did you balance that or be harmonious in that way to be able to build something successful while you're building yourself? Yeah, oh shoot, good question, man. I think one of the biggest things was that I kind of broke it into seasons mm -hmm. um, and you have to really you can have multiple seasons in a day in Colorado from where, where, where I grew up. You <laughs> yeah. can have summer, winter, spring, all of it, right? <laughs> yeah. And I took that as like almost a little bit of an object lesson. And it was like, well, out here in the field, 
I'm going to have multiple seasons in one day. <laughs> I'm going to have my sales totally. time. I'm going to have my training time with my team. I'm going to have my time with the corporate guys figuring out that. Mm. And I'm going to have to spend some time with myself and, and my spouse as well, like making sure that my personal needs are met to make sure I can keep up with everything that's asked of me right now. Yeah. So when I was in each season, I was just focused on the what I had in front of me and tried to capitalize on every moment that I that I could. And I wasn't perfect at it, but it's the only way to do it, honestly. Yeah. You can't be juggling seven things at the same time. You, when I'm doing one thing, I was doing that and right. I was focused on it. That really helped. Love that. I love that. There's, there's a lot of talk about, I heard this a while ago, there's a lot of talk about balance and yeah. being an entrepreneur and being in this world. There has to be some level of obsession with oh, what you sure. do or else you're going to get beat out, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so there has to be a level of obsession yet, you know, to a, to an extent. And we talk a lot about balance and what I've kind of switched to is it's like, it's all about harmony. Yeah. It's all about like living in harmony with each, with each area. Different percentages of time might take be taken up in different areas. But if you can be harmonious in that area, right? So yeah. you, you mentioned, you know, your spouse, your family, all of that during all these things. Like it's blowing my mind of how like you're even walking, right? <laughs> like how you're yeah. even like here. And I'm sure that's been felt. So kind of before we leave this subject of, you know, everything, you, you're balancing everything. How did you live in harmony with all of those? And and capitalize so well because I, I see your group I see you you know like we've we've been to lunch together yeah and you manage and you show up yeah how have you how have you been able to do that and live in harmony with that um I think having a big purpose helps a lot mm. um I have a deep deep why rooted in something that is has nothing to do with door-to-door -door sales right but door-to-door -door sales and what we're doing right now is a big vehicle to get me there and so that helps a lot right um yeah. But you gotta be you gotta be honest with yourself, I think, and help or sorry, being honest with yourself will help you figure out where am I lacking some harmony. Mm -hmm. Um I'm not perfect at the whole husband game. I'm not perfect at all that because I do. I get Welcome super to the club. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. You're all here, brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. absolutely. Um, it's called humankind. Exactly. Mankind. No, I think one of the things though that helps me have a little bit more harmony when I when I was lacking is just being honest with myself and being like, all right, that I could do that better. Um, I could adjust this to make everything else easier, mm -hmm. right? So making little tweaks on the most important things and then making the main thing the main thing and keeping mm -hmm. it that, right? So, mm -hmm. um, no, yeah, there's there's a lot that could go into that, but that's probably the best way to so cool. get in I a love nutshell. that. I love that. I mean, we hear so much about a purpose and why, you know, and, and people teaching on how to develop that. Um, what was it that brought you your why? When did you figure out? At what point? Was it before door to door? Was it, did you have that when you entered in? Has it been over time? How did you discover your why? Yeah, I, I think your why is always developing and changing a little bit. Uh, my why when I got into Golden Door was, hey, I want to make enough money so I can go have a social life, swim and dive at BYU and make good grades and not have to work, right? Huh. That is definitely not my why anymore, <laughs> yeah. right? So over time, your why gets deeper and deeper and you realize as you're progressing as a human that what my why was maybe five months ago isn't actually in line with where I want to be now because I'm a very different person even five months back, right? So yes, helping absolutely. that constantly develop and change, um, breaking through that little glass barrier maybe that you're putting over yourself on like what your potential is, super important. So my why is always kind of developing, but at the end of the day, it's rooted in I want to be able to make the biggest impact on the most amount of people possible. Mm. and that that why rooted in that it'll change maybe how i do that every once in a while but hmm. it's pretty rock solid at that point to yeah. be a good human because <laughs> yeah. you can't do that if you're not leveling up and becoming better and all those things yeah i love that you said that because when we're you go through why i have a lot of people that 
feel so lost or feel like they're not going to make it because they don't know exactly what and why they're supposed to do. They don't know their purpose. Yeah. But that's exactly right. I feel you're a perfect example of that as it ebbs and flows. It's with each step, with each mountain climbed, it's going to change. It's going to shift. You're going to become, but to your point, it's going to come deeper and deeper and deeper until you get to that root, you know, where it's like, that's your fire. That's really brings up. You mentioned breaking glass ceilings and then like what we put on ourselves. Um, I can tell you're super passionate about that. You've done it. I I keep referring it to because it blows my flipping mind with all the guys that I've ever seen in door to door. I don't know if I've ever heard. Hit me up if you've done it. Um, but I'm pretty sure I'm sitting with the one of the only dudes that's gone to Golden Door in like four months. Yeah. So that to me is a glass ceiling you shattered for sure. Tell tell us about that. What what are your thoughts? What is it that allows people to achieve heights or gla- break glass that they can't even see that's there? They're just putting on themselves. Yeah. I mean, I think. It was funny. I think we we're talking about this before we started recording, but I would watch people get in pest control, right? That was my, that was where I grew and yeah. blossomed as a door-to-door rep, I guess. Yeah. Um, I started there, and I would watch people get a thousand accounts, or you know, then Sam changed it to five hundred fifty thousand. I think now it's even higher, right? But <laughs> I was watching these people do what they were doing, and at the level that I was selling at, I wasn't even close. Mm. I was like, I can't even imagine mm. that. Um, but this there was this leadership retreat that I went to and I was watching all these guys that were doing what I wanted to be doing and they were having the life that I wanted to have and I was looking at them and they were just flesh and blood. They were just dudes. They were vulnerable. They sucked at the same things I sucked at and they were good at the same things I was good at and there was a little variation but at the end of the day, they were all human beings Mm. and um, I remember having this call to impression, whatever, like why not me? It was Mm. a little bit of a call to action for me where I just stopped thinking about why I couldn't do th- stuff and all of a sudden it changed to why why not me? Hmm. Um, and then Russell Westbrook came out of nowhere and just yeah, like branded you, exactly. let's go. And that little question, it was probably sparked by, you know, I'd, I've heard that a million times, but yeah. it, it hit different that day mm. in my psyche, I think, where it really did spark something. And um, to be super open, it didn't actually translate into change until about two years later. Mm. Right. So I think that's a lot of times people have this little inspiration. We don't act on it. And I was lucky enough to have that inspiration maybe keep on coming to me. Um, but yeah, that next year, I still didn't go even close to get a golden door or you know, what I wanted to do. And then the next year was my first year in solar. I sold like 60 accounts. Um, and then finally, something just clicked where I was like, I am going to make it happen. Mm. And I vocalized it to people. I told people that I was going to do it. And that's scary. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now I have to be accountable to not just myself, <laughs> yeah. but to other people that I put it out there. I'm going to get a golden door this year. Well, now I'm going to have to answer, not only to myself, but to everybody who knows yeah. why didn't you get it, right? So um, that helps. But I think really, once you realize that the people doing what you want to be doing have the same limitations as you do, and they have the same 24 hours in a day, and they might have a little bit more skill or more experience or whatever else, but at the same time, you both have the same capacity to grow. Mm. Just go grow, you yeah. know? And that was, a, that was a cool experience for me to have. And anyway, got my golden door and... Now I gotta go get another one, um, do it again, and keep keep breaking those glass ceilings because there's always a next level. Yeah, you know? I I had the privilege of being in that conference for a second with the kid who sold 400 accounts yeah. in a year. So he might be the other guy. You okay. should go talk to him too. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he sold 400 accounts, installed 400 accounts in a year, and um, phenomenal. And I was like, oh, I can never do that. Like even right now, right today, uh-huh. I was like, oh, I can never do that. And my wife was like, well, think about it. You did a golden door in four months. If you worked that hard for 12 months, you would triple your volume and boom, you'd be at around 400. And I was like, 
oh, you're right. So like even today, I'm still having that thought process of, oh, I, I can't do it. And so we all have it. Yeah. You all have it. But screw that process. Just go do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And put the work in. You can't you can't expect to just break your, gra- your glass ceilings without actually putting in some work. Mm. I love it. I love what you mentioned with, you know, with, with we see these big, big players in our industry and outside our industry, like Ed Milet, you got right. Tony Robbins, you got ET, you got yeah. like all these big guys. Um, and what I've had this epiphany over the last like month or so is there's dudes. There's dudes. Uh, there's humans. Yeah. Like they, they have insecurities, flaws, weaknesses, just like me, Absolutely. just like you, like we all do. And yes, they're they're so successful in their field because they've dedicated so much work so hard. At the same time, the same insecurities, the same struggles that maybe I had, they probably have too. They're probably working through just the same where they once did. Yeah. So I love what you're saying about those glass ceilings and how like it really never ends. There's just more. There's always something to do that's more. So, and I know you talked a little bit about why and purpose. Is there anything else that you, that you think keeps you hungry? You've gotten a golden door and I've talked to you like, you're hungry. Oh yeah. Like you got to go door and you want another one. Yeah. You would want a competition this other year with another group and you got people calling you out. <laughs> I'm inviting you to come to Italy on a retreat. And you're like, I don't know if I can go because I need to go show up these guys that are calling me out. <laughs> yeah. Like what, what is it that's, that's kept you hungry in that? Yeah. Um, I'm super competitive. And where's that I- from? Probably just growing up. I've always been that way. Like I mm. never wanted to lose. I hated losing. And I think it's funny, um, there's two types of super competitive people. There's the ones that just love winning with everything they have. And there's the people that just hate losing mm-hmm. with everything they have. And I'm definitely the second one. I hate mm-hmm. losing more so than I even love winning. Hmm. Um, when I win, I feel like sometimes it's almost a relief rather than like a, a like, victory, I right? I did it, yeah. I just yeah. did it because I just hate losing. So the my for a long time, like in my wrestling career, I was a wrestler all growing up. And I think my fear of losing was just that it was a fear mm. rather than a hatred. Once it mm. flipped to become a hatred, that's when it clicked for me. And I was like, I hate losing. I don't fear it. I hate it. Mm. And so I'm going to do everything I can to look in the face of what I hate the most and you know, tell it to screw off. I'll keep, it. It, I'll keep it clean. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, so that really helps. I love competing. And um, if, if there's not a competition going on, at least I can compete with myself. You mm. know what I mean? So that's another one that I think... Um, I was talking to the guys actually, I just had a thought. I was talking to the guys at the workshop about what I do when I'm hiring people. And one of the questions I ask is, are you competitive and why? Like what has mm. made you become competitive in your life? Because I, I truly don't understand people who aren't competitive. And it's not that I dislike them or judge them. Yeah. I just don't understand them very well. So as a leader, I'm gonna have a hard time inspiring that person. Mm. And so anyway, that's just something that has been always rooted in me. I think wrestling, and diving are both individual sports. It's all on me yeah, to either so win or true. lose. And I think that heightened my my competitiveness a lot because I can't rely on a team, um, you know, and, and then you work with a team and it makes it even more important because now it's like that lesson that I instilled in myself is now just wider because I want to show up for my guys, right? Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, long Love answer it. to a short Love question. it. No, that's beautiful. I mean, what, when you say like it went from fear to hate and that's like what really switched it for you, um, it reminds me of, we talk a lot about like, oh, I want this, I want to achieve this. But when it goes from a want to a need, like yeah. the need exactly. is what, it's like when you're hungry, you can be okay for a while. Sure. When you're starving, yeah, different story. You'll find it, you'll right? make it happen. When yeah. it's a need, you'll make it happen. And that's what I'm, what I'm hearing is like this need you have that's been, that's burning inside you, keeps you hungry. hungry. Yeah. Literally, I don't, uh, 
I don't know of like if I've, I've met recently somebody more hungry because of <laughs> uh, hearing all the things that you've been, you've accomplished, you've done and being so hungry, you know, and that, that secret of a competitiveness is huge. Yeah. If there was, if there was one last thing, you know, we got, we got listeners that are, um, I'm sure mostly in the door to door space and other, other people that we got people that are uh, successful and established. We got a lot of people that are just trying to learn. They're looking up to yeah. Tanner Williams and be like, man, how do I do that? Man, how do I, how do I break my glass ceilings? How do I become like him? Um, which is a really cool thing to be in the seat that you're in right now and having people listen and be like, wow. So that's kudos to you. That's a Thank huge you. accomplishment, it's right? An and honor, I can, it's humbling, but yeah. It's, a, it's an amazing <laughs> thing. And I can say that knowing that like, you're gonna be like, well, that's cool, but I'm gonna go do more, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go impact more. There's one last thing that you could leave for everybody that's like in your heart, you just want them to know, want them to feel, and it could be a last little nugget for them. What would, what would that be? Yeah, um, I love people. I've always loved people. I've always been fascinated by people. And I think it's because, I, I was trying to think about why, because we both probably know, and you guys probably know, people who just kind of don't like other people. That's okay, <laughs> right? But I think one of the things, I was asking myself, why do I have this like attraction to people in general? Yeah. And I think it's because I feel maybe from my religious beliefs or whatever, I, I feel strongly in my heart that everybody out here has a divine purpose. Mm. And I think that it's our duty to tap into whatever that is. Mm. And I don't think every purpose is the exact same, but I think they're all equal in value in the eyes of like our creator. Mm. So one of the things that I would love to tell people is tap into that, find it. Mm. And if you don't feel like you know what that is, that's okay. Just start becoming better every day and there's a book called The Alchemist. Have you ever read that? Mm -hmm. Read Absolutely, that book yeah. if you haven't read it, but he, it's all about this little shepherd boy that's in the pursuit of his personal legend, right? Mm -hmm. And your personal legend can be anything, but become a little bit better each day and you'll start to tap into what that is. Mm -hmm. And once you find a little bit of what that is, just dive in because it'll be so much more gratifying than whenever you're, where, wherever you're at right now, but it can pull you out of any slump that you're into. Mm -hmm. I, I think people... I think anxiety, depression, suicide, all those things that plague our, our world and humankind, like you mentioned earlier, I think it can all be significantly lowered if we can have more people tap into what that is and every single person has it. Mm. They just gotta find it. Beautiful, beautiful. I, I love that. I think you so eloquently have it described essentially, if you can find your purpose, you find yourself. Oh, for sure. Right? Or if you can find yourself, you find your purpose. It's a cycle that you, whether whatever path takes you down, but if you can find yourself, man, that's when you can start to fight for yourself. You can show up for yourself and then you show up for those around you. And that's exactly what I think Tanner Williams embodies. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I felt it, I see it, and I'm sure the listeners can feel it too. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for jumping Thank on. You, Thank you for coming on. Um, hit him up, Tanner Williams. He's a, a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> and uh, again, appreciate you coming on, dude. Absolutely, brother. Uh,